red flags all over the place, guys just kind of slipping off the track. It was uh, a little wet and wild even without the wild. Uh, a little wet and wild without the wet a little, a little bit, uh, and they were just... <laughs> what are you trying to say there? Dude, I don't know. Welcome back to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. I am Ian. And I'm Marco. And Marco, what a race. Even though it wasn't all that great, it was a race. And that's all I can ask for at these points. But first off, before we get into that, how you doing? How was your weekend? It was great, yeah. Can, uh, can never complain on a nice Labor Day weekend. Spent it out on the lake. And also, I feel like we rarely get to actually sleep in based off of you know the work day and then moving straight into waking up early for qualifying and the actual race. So got a nice sleep in today. Yeah, can't, uh, can't complain about that. How about yourself? Pretty good, man. Also had a nice Labor Day weekend. Spent some time at the pool, consumed some beverages, and uh, yeah, made for a very bad day today. But here I am anyway, podcasting with my buddy. Uh, today's podcast, we're going to go through a good, bad, and ugly of the weekend. We'll do a little bit of a race recap, and then we will review our race predictions for which we have some controversy. I'm very uh, sad to announce, but we will get Interesting. to that later. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, a little I'm, dangle. I'm actually interested to hear myself, because yeah. I, I did not see this coming. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's what you do. you got to get the people listening. you got to dangle the carrot in front of them so they keep listening. I really hope our listeners are as excited as I am because, yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled. I cannot. I don't know if I'm going to get through it, actually. <laughs> All right, let's go good, bad, and ugly uh, to start off. It's not necessarily having to be teams or drivers, just anything from the weekend that you saw as good, bad, and ugly. Marco, why don't you start us off? Ian, why don't you start us off? You got it, dude. I'm here to help. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, starting with the good. My good for the weekend in Zandvoort is going to be the old guys. So specifically, Fernando and Kimmy, not so much. <laughs> okay, n- sure. Not so much Vettel. Uh, Kimmy okay. got COVID, which now that we know he's fine and it's nothing too serious for him, uh, I can't imagine a better present for Kimmy to give himself as a congrats on the announcement kind of gesture for him to him. I uh, can't think of anything better than him just sitting out a race or two. So I think this is probably his nice little preview of what his retired life's going to be. But yeah, that's a chalk one down as a W for Kimmy. And then Fernando, we'll get to it later, but he's just seemed like he still got it. Mm-hmm. It was nice seeing him getting fired up when passing Carlos at the end of the race. And yeah, should be fired up. So good on him. Moving to the bad, uh, McLaren were a disappointment for me this weekend. I consider myself a pretty big McLaren fan, um, and everything pointed to them having the good package from an aerodynamic standpoint. Just overall car package was what they were looking for, and seeing a hugely bad qualifying and a bad race result, uh, you know, coming home with one point isn't necessarily what you want. My ugly is going to be the haters, not just of F1, but specifically of the Eaton Asphalt podcast in particular. Um, This is the life that Marco and I knew that we were going to get into as we became public figures um, of just ruthless attacks via the internet, via uh, messages sent and screenshotted to, uh, you know, other members of the podcast. So I'm not going to justify anybody by even mentioning their name on this holy sanctity of the podcast that we have. 
Um, I will tell you it rhymes with weave and wark and weenie, uh, but we can just leave that <laughs> just leave that uh, as a, hey, you've been put on notice. Um, and so, okay. yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll be my ugly. You've been put on notice. We, we are, you are under investigation by, by RFIA, so you're under investigation. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I have an idea of what this is referring to. Uh, I don't want to really be in the mix of this. Let's just say that I'm going to take my step out, take myself out of this situation, and we'll, uh, we'll see where it lands. All right, sounds good. I got more to mention on him, but later. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, fantastic. I really appreciate that good, bad, and ugly. Mine, we we really didn't cross paths this time too much. Love it. Uh, my good is going to be second chances. Seems like a lot of drivers are set to get some second chances after this weekend as a lot of information has finally, finally hit the market. First, we have obviously Valtteri Bottas signing his awaited long-term deal with Alfa Romeo. He's been wanting a long-term deal, I feel like, the last handful of years at Mercedes, and they just never gave him that opportunity. He served... Obviously, he's a great number two, and we'll see what, you know, he has that opportunity to to be the big dog there, I feel like, for the next couple of years, and we'll see, yeah, what he makes of that. Then we have George Russell, who is now, I would say Valtteri is the official, or the almost official, going to Mercedes. He had his chance to really prove himself last year in the Silver Arrows, had a, a mistake, um, you know, just unfortunate set of events. Um, and then we move on to Alex Albon, so he's probably in the most likely going to go to Williams um, due to George's departure. Have that rocky rookie year and a half with Red Bull and um, yeah, giving another person an opportunity. So I thought it was a big second chance this weekend that really came up this the last couple of days. Love that. We have bad uh, Lewis's race engineer. I feel like he had to do, I feel like he had to deal with a lot of Lewis complaining this weekend, of course, for how intense this track in tires were a huge issue for a lot of drivers. Uh, and you know, we made it to about lap five when Lewis first complained about his tires. Not only that, but the whole race, he was basically a destined to, it seemed like, and was just kind of coasting, I feel like, himself, uh, trying to do his best to catch up to Max, but had some time to maybe kind of complain because he was not worried about anyone behind him because, I mean, it was that, it was this, and I feel like the entire time we were hearing uh, Lewis's radio compared to about 95% of everyone else. Uh, so, yeah, tough day for him, just having to almost kind of, like, parent that. And then my ugly is going to be the hat. My ugly is going to be the Haas boys having a little cat fight. The whole weekend was pretty much a disaster. Shocker for the Haas team uh, and the rookie drivers before the weekend started. They were worried about how their car was going to handle. Um, clearly, that worry was true. Then they cross each other up during quals, causing Vettel to miss his fastest lap out of Q1. Nikita throws this... Crazy temper tantrum. Wild. Just, yeah, not holding back at all to the media. And then uh, is confused why he's talking alone to reporters later. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough look for already a typically tough-looked Haas team. Yeah, rough waters over there, man. Like, just Mick saying that their relationship is irreparable right now. Like, yikes. You're only halfway through the season, dude. Yeah, Haas might have some bigger decisions than they were expecting to make (laughs) uh, sometime sooner rather than later. And I don't know what's going to happen from that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your bad, I believe, your Lewis race engineer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait until like later on, so let's just talk about it now. Why are you complaining five laps into the race that your tires are gone? Like, right, you like, can't. How you, much there's can, no way. How much can you, like your specific car, handle brand new set of tires worse than all other 19 cars that quickly? 
feel like maybe once you get a little further, it's like, hey, we were I was overusing them here, X, Y, Z. This is, I don't know, whatever. Whatever it does. Uh, but five laps in is, is soon. Like, why aren't we hearing Valtteri complain about that? If they have the same car, then why isn't Valtteri even mentioning that? I mean, five laps in is one thing, but even lap 20, no talk about Valtteri's tire. So, I mean, I think all signs point to an obvious, like, this is just a code, maybe. And I want to know what that code is. <laughs> I kind of love that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, even when they're showing the graphic and it'll show, like, Valtteri's car and it's, like, 10%, 20% in the dead red. And it'll say, like, Lewis, like, 30 30, 30 to 40%, and Lewis is always the one that's like, my tires are about to pop off, basically. <laughs> those Speaking of those AWS graphics, dude, those kind of had a day, didn't they? When they were just popping up all over the place, and they were talking about how Max had 10% of his tire life remaining. I think it was like 18 mm-hmm. laps to go, and they were like, 10% left. It's like, hey, probably not. You'd think he would say something. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if this is like, accurate. What? I was wondering. I was like, are there sensors on these tires? How do they determine all this? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, and how do they acknowledge how wrong they are? Or do they? Or are they just like, oh, yeah, well, the model said this, but freak accidents happen where you can last on 18 hey, laps he utilized 10%. that. T- yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. He utilizes that last ten percent so well. So good. <laughs> That's when him. he really starts kicking. But we in were with right. The tire we were right. Management. But yeah, then he was like, "Hey, I got to be careful." <laughs> Before we get to this race recap, let's get to some quick things that have happened within the F1 world for our recent headlines. So first off, Bottas confirmed to Alfa Romeo. Seems to be a lot of goodwill um, coming from Mercedes with this move. Um, like, they're appreciative of the time that he spent. I mean, honestly, he was a great number two for the time that they had them. So, yeah, I think it's uh, obviously just the end of an era, but I don't think anybody's too you know, upset that the page is turning here and, and Mercedes obviously, you know, still loves the guy. This, like, the treatment and what they say about Valtteri and, like, what it actually is is so frustrating, even for me, uh, Toto came out with a, a quote talking about how uh, Valtteri absolutely deserved to stay with the team. Jesus and, Christ. Um, and I was like, what? Did he? You can't say <laughs> yeah. that, right? Yeah, dude, that's what that quote said. He said, and I quote, he would have absolutely have to, or he would absolutely have deserved to stay with the team, and I am pleased that he has been able to choose an exciting challenge with Alpha next year to continue his career at the top level of the sport. When the time comes, he will leave us with huge goodwill from every single member of the team, and he will f- forever be part of the Mercedes family. I mean, dude, if he deserved to stay with the team, shouldn't he have been staying with the team? I don't understand that. It was not like it was Valtteri's... I don't think it was Valtteri's decision to be like, I do not want to come back to Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, he will always be forever part of the Mercedes family, except for when he's driving for a Ferrari family car next year. Like, oopsies. Like, we really wanted him, but... Gosh darn it, dude. He just he could not say no to Alfa Romeo. <laughs> like, we would have loved to have him, but the boys in corporate, tried- they couldn't let us pass it through. It's like, you are the corporate. Yeah. You are the boys. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was uh, just a way to just uh, officially kind of tie the knot on the relationship in 2021. That quote is just going to be like the perfect, yeah, a little write-off, signature off of that. And uh, moving on, we have, with Valtteri going to Alfa Romeo, uh, this potentially, as we talked about, has a second open seat. And uh, this seems like that uh, Nick DeVries is going to have a signed contract. Apparently, he has signed a contract. Nothing been official yet, but everyone's pointing fingers at Alfa Romeo as well. So uh, I think Mercedes kind of got their wish to uh, see him in Formula One and represent Mercedes. 
from what I know of him and my little Formula E knowledge, but um, I think, you know, he's got, a, I, I think this is going to be a much better pairing than we are currently seeing at Alfa Romeo. Yeah, he was on the post-race show with Will Buxton, and they were chopping it up, and just, again, you can't tell, like, okay, he's a good analyst, or he's, like, a good talker, so he's going to be a good driver, obviously, but it was cool to see. The guy seems like he has some confidence on him, and it seems like he knows what he's talking about, obviously, so, yeah, it'd be good to see him kind of come in. Um, next up, Mercedes team principal Toto Wolf has told Red Bull it will have to release Alex Albon from the contract he holds with the team if they want him to return to F1 with Williams the next season. So, yeah, he's made it pretty clear that you know, if you're going to be driving in our car, we don't want him to be someone who we're just developing for you down the line. Um, so, yeah, you know, he was talking, he was like, there's one thing about the power unit, and with Albon, I've always said he deserves a seat in Formula One, but it's tricky to have a 100% Red Bull driver on a Mercedes power unit. So I'm happy to work with him as long as they set him free from his Red Bull contract. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, prediction on what's going to happen here? Like, do you think Red Bull are just going to kind of cut him loose, saying that, you know, that shitty season that he put forth with Max last year, just, like, not really worth it, you can have him? Or I, how do you see this playing out? I, I would say... They have to let I, – I don't know. I mean, Christian Horner was talking all the talk, being like, we would do whatever it takes for us to see Alex Albon in a seat. He deserves this, blah, blah, blah. And always throwing, like, through a little shade at Toto, being like, yeah, it's just – I mean, one of the things is, like, Mercedes has to, you know, like, allow him to do this. And, you know, we'll see if they want to do that. And then throw that back on Toto. Toto handles it the way he does. And, um, yeah, I, I think that, like, it, it would – probably be like you know insider trading a little bit where when he does eventually maybe make the way back to red bull he's just like hey i know exactly all the compartments how the, the engine is built how we can improve ours so like secrets are the biggest thing in formula one for him to come in and just be able to know all that and then you know go back to the enemy i, I would be worried too yeah makes sense Perfect. That will do it. Just three quick things that are happening in the Formula One world. Moving on to our race recap, let's talk about the weekend. But before we do that, this part of the podcast is brought to you by Smoke Bombs. Smoke Bombs! Smoke Bombs! Are you trying to be super annoying? Smoke Bombs. Are you an attention-seeking fan? Smoke Bombs. Wow. Smoke Bombs. (laughs) Sorry, I'll let this... Yeah. Because they're going to keep showing up whether I think the ad or, or the smoke bomb is on or off. And, you know, yeah. They just keep popping up. So That's the thing with smoke bombs. It's smoke so on. tough. Okay. Yeah. Mm. That's the thing. Okay, well, you try to keep going and pow, there they are again. Yeah. Am I? Is the ad over? I'm not sure yet. No. no or are you going to pop bombs. out? Of no more smoke bombs. No, they're all out. They're all out. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. Oh, wow. That's great. You didn't see that this weekend. So, um, all right. Yeah. Moving on um, to the actual race recap. Uh, let's just start off with uh, with qualifying. So, Ian, uh, what'd you think? Yeah. What'd you think, Marco? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so what did I think? That's a thank you for asking. I've been waiting for that all day. Yeah, um, qualifying, kind of guessing what we thought it was going to be. It was going to be hectic. What we kind of thought the race would actually be a little bit, maybe at the beginning. But, yeah, red flags all over the place. Guys just kind of slipping off the track. It was uh, a little wet and wild even without the wild. Uh, a little wet and wild without the wet a little, little bit. Uh, and they were just... <laughs> what are you trying to say there? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. Like they were slipping around. Yeah, they were just, phew, see ya. Yeah, red flags waving all over the place. Uh, Funnier is that it was at one point in one session for qualifying, it was both Williams that put out a red flag. Imagine going back to your garage 
and all of this the sulking faces being like fuck this is going to be such a long night like not only do they have to replace one person's car they got to replace the other drivers as well so um yeah obviously like work to do for the engineers and stuff but bad showing for williams yeah, that was, I think that was pretty funny watching like Georgia go off. Everyone's probably pretty bummed. It was like, hey, but we still got a guy. He's been doing pretty well recently. And he's like, you know, two minutes later, nope. What Williams has been doing the last couple of weeks and like really improving to being like, oh, well, there uh, there goes our chances this weekend. So yeah, but that uh, was entertaining. Uh, moving on, we have Lando having a very tough weekend. As Ian talked about earlier, McLaren themselves just had an overall very, very tough weekend. And uh, to go along with that, um, Sergio Perez had a very interesting weekend as well, especially with qualifying. So uh, he's been a little up and down all season, so not as surprising. I feel like he kind of struggles sometimes with qualifying uh, and also didn't make it to Q3. Yep, Checo putting up a bit of a stinker in qualifying. But his teammate Max obviously just cruising throughout each session was basically just going out, putting in a lap, and then waiting out the rest of the session. Um, and yep, put in the last lap of qualifying, which I think was a .037 or .038 quicker than Lewis to grab pole. Just an overall good showing. The atmosphere there looked absolutely electric with all the Dutch fans um, throwing out smoke bombs. So <laughs> smoke bomb. This ad is actually still brought to you by smoke bomb. Yeah, this, this is all an ad. This whole podcast. <laughs> All right, and that wraps it up with qualifying and then going through our list of one through five, Mercedes, which is in first place. Uh, I think with all this news hitting out, uh, it would have been the best way ever for Valtteri to go off stealing the fastest lap at the end when they were directly asking him not to. I thought that was almost perfect. We're like, please slow down, please slow down. Okay, and then it was just, you see that purple go across Valtteri's name. And I'm like, oh yes, yes, I love it. How mad Toto must have been. So I thought that was very funny. Uh, and luckily, of course, Lewis just makes it breezy. So I don't get when he always complains how much faster their car is. Like how, how did he just dominate that fastest lap in one lap? Yeah, I don't know, but it was funny to see. It was the it was the pooping on your boss's desk as you were going out that we've been talking about. Like you're right, you just you just signed somebody else in. Guess what? Like let me let me show you that I'm still a badass and I'm still a good racer. And you know, just like taking that lap would have been so awesome. I agree. And I think last talking point with Mercedes, uh, Lewis is gonna have to wait another week to get that hundredth win. What if he doesn't get it? feels about to the end of the season that's going to be the most absurd story of f1 like lewis is still waiting for his 100th win but uh yeah that'd be hilarious i think when i mean give me a prediction on when you think that's going to happen because uh we got monza coming up in italy then we go to russia uh, sochi you know turkey u.s like where do you think that's going to happen and, and then we'll uh we'll reflect and see who's right about this i'm gonna guess within the first two weeks i think it's going to be uh, Monza or, and or Sochi. Okay, I'll say, yeah. I'll say Turkey is where he wins, where they come with a new upgrade package, yeah. and that'll be worth one and a half points. How about? It, Love it. it. I mean, you just gave me two, so I'll take well, it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, <laughs> this is a train wreck, huh? Yeah, I like it. I can't. Luck, I bitch. literally can't wait to yeah. edit this. This is gonna be fun. I know it will be entertaining. I'll <laughs> Yeah, hopefully he gets. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't have to wait too too long. But it is just funny that he, you know, these last couple races has gotten duds when he needs that hundo. But moving on to Mercedes' main rival right now, Red Bull Racing, like an awesome weekend for Max. Obviously, 
just a storybook ending. Everything was orange. You know, the smoke, the smoke bombs were orange. Um, the T-shirts, uh, everybody just seemed to be having an awesome time. Tiesto was there celebrating, waving the checkered flag, and then putting on a show afterward. Uh, and yeah, just seemed like an awesome, like kind of you couldn't really ask for anything else if you were uh, if you were Max. Yeah, and I think as great as Max's weekend was, a little bit of the opposite, a little bit for Checo, I would say, uh, especially the first half of the weekend finished off quite nicely. But yeah, doing a pit line start, uh, trying to get that uh, engine penalty out of the way for them, knowing that he was already in, you know, going to be in 17th or whatever it was prior to that. Uh, but yeah, obviously just pulled it out of his ass a little bit of his overtaking ability and making up for it, which once again, I feel like this is something that we're getting used to a little bit more where he does have a better Sunday than he did on his Saturdays. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ended up getting driver of the day, so had to do something right. Again, that driver of the day would not have happened if he didn't qualify so poorly, but yeah, it was still good to see. That was like kind of the only action on the track, wasn't it? For the most part, yeah. Uh, as as boring as it was, like as as little undertakes and overtakes as there were this uh, this race, I still really <laughs> did enjoyed you just, it. I thought, did you just trump that answer? Or did you just trump that? Because you said as little undertakes and overtakes as there were. What's an undertake? <laughs> you don't want to know. No, I don't. No one knows what that is. Yeah, I do. Dude, you can undertake that. You can't undertake somebody. Why not? What even would that be? You know exactly what I'm saying. I don't know anything about what you're saying. Trump, you remember yeah, Trump used to that. do that? He'd be like, the word would be future. And he would be like, and we have to look out for the furniture and future of our children. <laughs> the furniture is the important. The furniture of the children is not something to be ignored. So, yeah, technically. Dude, I mean, without furniture, it's actually like their lives are kind of not as good. So, furniture should be. So, that does it for Red Bull and moving on to Ferrari. Uh, both Ferrari. Both Ferraris were pretty much controlling that third group, if you consider kind of the first group, Max, and the, the Mercedes guys. Gasly seemed like he was kind of in a, a group of his own, and then seems like both Ferraris, for the most part, were, were controlling that third group pretty well. So I think it was an overall positive weekend Ferrari, but alas, uh, but alas, Fernando Alonso snuck in at the very, very end and stole that uh, sixth place from Carlos Sainz. I don't know if you saw this video but uh when they were kind of hopping out of the cars at the end of the race fernando came up to, to him and just kind of grabbed him patted him on the back gave him a little handshake so i thought that was a huge huge alpha move to just be like hey you know that was that was a great race but you know not good enough uh yeah so yeah overall i think though going back to ferrari not too shabby yeah i like that alpha move of going over and being like hey you'll get him next time like keep practicing kid one day <laughs> yeah right one day you'll be up one with day the big dogs one like day me. you'll make spain proud like me <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome for Ferrari, though. Like, they had a really solid weekend, especially compared to what we thought they were going to do just because of McLaren's pace. But, uh, yeah, right now as it stands, they're 11.5 points ahead of McLaren. Um, Speaking of the orange papaya, yeah, worst weekend, I think, so far. Had such high expectations from everyone. People were saying, like I mentioned earlier, that their car was just going to perform well at this track. Uh, But, yeah, ended up not being that way. Walking away with a point, one point, um, when they're used to, I mean, majority of the time, they're both in the points. So, um, only thing I kind of saw that was weird out of McLaren was, like, Danny was weirdly talking to himself after he got orders to fend off Checo. He was like, hey, we need you to hold up Checo. 
he said, like, on the radio, press the radio button so the radio could hear. And he was like, okay, Daniel, you're going to fend off Checo. And it's like, are you talking yourself <laughs> up? Are you, like, making fun of the race engineer? Like, it was just kind of funny that it was it was just, like, random. It was one of those where I had to watch it a couple times on that F1 TV thing just to be like, all right, that, that happened. Like, he did that. I thought that was very entertaining, yeah. And uh, clearly did not help at nope. all. Because <laughs> Checo just was, blew right yeah, by Yeah, I think it was, yeah, less than two laps where he's like, all right, you're going to hold him off. It was basically when he was finished saying that Checo was taking over. So he was undertaking him. Yeah, tough weekend for the, the boys in orange. Uh, moving on to our fifth place, Alpine. To me, it was pretty much only a matter of time until Esteban kind of showed another disappointing outing. Uh, we've always seen him like show some flashes here and there, but uh, and I'm not really sure how much of it is the car or him, but it seems like most of the time he's more inconsistent than consistent. So, uh, yeah, I was not kind of surprised about him uh, falling back a little bit during the race and falling out of the points. Yeah. Esteban saying the Fernando is slow thing. It's like, hey, Fernando's extremely slow. They let Fernando know, and within a couple laps, he was six seconds ahead of Ocon. So, like, again, <laughs> just the old guys having a weekend. Did you hear Fernando Alonso's response when the, the race engineer uh, went out to him and be like, hey, uh, let let Ocon pass. He, uh, Your pace is slower than his. No. He was like, oh, I, I was just trying to preserve the tires. I can go faster. Yeah. And then he just started picking it up. And then... Six seconds ahead of the guy, yeah. See it. It's got to be demoralizing, too. Like, at that point, you just have to keep your mouth shut and not tell the team, like, hey, he's slow in front of me because you know he's going to pop off in front of you. It's going to be awkward, like, the next day when they're reviewing it. And, like, oh, just looks up. He's like, was I slow? He's like, that's weird because uh, six seconds. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, that is the race recap for the top five teams. A lot of stuff going on. Like, I think these next couple races are going to be pretty formative for the rest of the season just in terms of either stopping gaps from forming either between Mercedes or Red Bull um, or McLaren Ferrari. I think those are interesting. But, yeah, overall, we'll kind of keep you guys updated. Um, Now going to not just a recap of the race but a recap of our predictions of the race. Um, Let's go into it right away. But before we do that, Marco, do you want to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors? Yeah, this ad is brought to you by the Netherlands Orange Smoke Grenade National Committee. Actually, oh. so the, yeah. I wonder what product. Shocking, they have. right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The people of the Netherlands obviously are like the most proud people in the world regarding their nationality, and they really will stop at nothing to show that, and really kind of to weed out potential fo- and to really weed out potential frauds. Like once you become a registered citizen of the Netherlands, you're given one free orange smoke grenade. Smoke bomb. Right, a smoke bomb. Yeah, and to show uh, how much we, you know, you love your country, you'll like inhale this dangerous smoke grenade during pretty much all major sporting events. And you know, we we fucking love it, and we fucking love our country is what they always say when they're just ingesting and shooting these orange smoke grenades pretty much everywhere, um, and like kind of making it hard to see. Uh, any bystanders that starts coughing, kind of tries to flee, is arrested on site because they can't handle the smoke bomb, Good. smoke grenades, then get out of here, right? The uh, Netherlands Orange Smoke Grenade National Committee, come to our country, use our gas grenades, love it, or else. Nice. Well, let's get right into it with our race predictions. All right, let's go right into it. Uh, I'll just... Have Ian cruise through yours, we'll cruise through mine, and uh, we'll see Yeah, how it worked out. Perfect. I predicted that Schumacher would crash her DNF. That did not happen. He came close. I think he lost his wing, but no dice there. Winner, I did predict Max Verstappen, so count one for me. Thank you, thank you. 
I'm bowing. Uh, last place, I did think Latifi. I figured that the Haas boys honestly would get uh, taken out or take themselves out, which again, almost happened but didn't. So wrong there. Uh, wrong Kimmy driver of the day. Wrong douche of the day, Giovinazzi. Very wrong with my fastest pit stop, as I said, Ferrari. And my wild card prediction was 14 or less cars would finish the race. No dice there either because 18 did. So way, way off per usual. <laughs> just a tad, just a tad. So that, yeah, that was ended up being one point, correct? Correct. One point for me, so I moved from cool. 12 to 13 points. Cool beans, cool beans. Cool beans. Going through mine, who do we think will crash our DNF? I went with Leclerc, which was quite off as well. Winner, I did Lando, because I did remember going all in on McLaren last week, and look at how much I know. Uh, that was way off. Last place, I went with McSchumacher, nailed that one. Driver of the day, Lewis. I thought it was going to be relatively close. If it wasn't for Checo, uh, it would have been most likely Max. So maybe a third, whatever. Um, just take that out. Take that the last part. <laughs> Douche of the day, brought to you by Summer's Eve. I went with Max. He was pretty, pretty much the opposite of a douche uh, this weekend. So yep. good for him. Fastest pit stop, out minus Red Bull, Mercedes. Got that one. I knew that was coming. Been working on that lead for a while. Nice. Vodka prediction. McLaren both finish in the top five. Did not really look into this one, so cannot blame myself. But that's a score of two to get us a score of Ian 13 to Marco 11. All right. Good battle coming up still. So a lot of racing left. But uh, all right. Well, that's all I have um, for this episode. Any last thoughts before we close it out for the people? Uh, no, we will see you guys in a couple of days because we have a fun race in Italy at Monza this next weekend. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll warn you about uh, any in- inclement weather. Yeah, and we are in the very top of a. Yep, and we are in the very middle of a triple header. One of them sucked. The other one was okay. So I think following the right trajectory, this should mean that Monza is a real barn burner. So we're excited to do that preview for you on Thursday. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode 28 of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. Appreciate everybody for listening. See you, assholes. Smoke bombs. Smoke bombs. And that is actually the ending of our ad for smoke bombs. Moving on to our race predictions. <laughs> our race recap. Uh.